Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End Podcast. This is Dave and Rob with our Saturday night special, I guess. <laughs> Rob, how's it going? <laughs> We're getting it in before midnight, so that's good, right? A <laughs> couple minutes before midnight. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're coming up on the last uh, week of August. Uh, things should be picking up, right? So, what do you got for us tonight? Well, what do you got for us tonight? I got huh? a couple slides. I got a couple <laughs> slides in there. <laughs> so, um, we've got Fridays and the week's performance here. So, cons- consumer cyclical um, really performed well on Friday. And actually, for the whole week, it comes out on top. And um, energy came through Friday, but uh, it was, uh, you could see, had only a a slight bounce, but the the rest of the week wasn't uh, doing very well. Uh, Technology came in uh, third place on Friday and uh, second place for the week. And communication services. So these three right here are our risk on sectors that we use predominantly. Not to say that real estate can't be risk on basic materials can't be risk on they they, of course they can be um utilities generally not um healthcare you know can be the biotech space can certainly be more risk on but but you know big pharma generally not so much more defensive industrials can can be kind of both ways i mean depends on what's going on but we use it for our risk off Financials could be both ways, and uh, consumer defensive is obviously, as the name suggests, defensive. So the three that we have for risk off are defensive, industrials, and healthcare. So you can see right there that for the week, uh, risk on, you know, should have performed the best, and risk off performed the worst. But there were was a couple days. Uh, in the week where risk off really performed well. So um, it wasn't all bad. And and I think that's a testimony to some of the quantitative data that even if we're not, you know, super concentrated into these sectors, the ones that we're, we're selecting down here are still pulling pretty well. That's my observation is that um, the sector can really help boost performance. Let me give you an example. If you were to choose the right sectors, you know, say 60% of the time, um, you're, you know, you would be above the benchmark for what we have as the neutral. The neutral benchmark that we have is 0.1% return on capital per day. If you could allocate capital more appropriately into only the right sectors and and not into the sectors that are non-performing, you would boosted above that right even if you only were right 60 percent of the time you would still have a boost so the goal is to get better and better at identifying you know first of all how to run a good solid quantitative approach where it's you're you're not adding a lot of discretion you're you know lowering variance by having one long and one short in each sector 11 sectors 11 longs 11 shorts and then you can take the next approach so that's the first place to start the next approach is can we press a sector can we take advantage of a market gap right i have to i have to stress this that it is possible 
to improve your results by paying attention to certain things that have actually been in the markets since the inception, right? Certainly, you know, longer than I've been trading and uh, being involved in the markets. But even at that, I've witnessed it over the last 25 years, the same thing. And that is, I'll show you, and when we look at the 15 minute chart here in a moment, we'll comment on a few of these things. We'll talk about exactly what to pay attention to that can really help you boost your, your results. So uh, here's the 15 minute chart. So this was this week, um, starting here on the 21st for the SPY. We opened up a little bit after the Friday um, expiration day, which was kind of sideways here and, and up. Um, we often look for a bit of a change after expiration, which we did get. Expiration week was down. And then um, when we came in here, we were basically moving up. So that's kind of the change that we often look for. We, we knew that this week itself didn't have any seasonality. So it was kind of like, well, let's see how the week plays out so we can have more information for the following week. Um, but seasonality for the last five days did start on Friday. And because it's split by the weekend, I don't put a huge amount of weight on it. So we have four days left of seasonality, Monday through Thursday. And um, a few other things to talk about about this week as well. Um, but let's just look at the NVIDIA earnings impact that we had. After hours, NVIDIA shot up to well over $500 a share and started to, it had some volatility, it started to uh, pull back and, and then rallied again. And then in the pre-market the next day, it was still fairly elevated, but it started sliding a bit before the open. But once it opened, it came uh, ripping down uh, pretty quick. So uh, the, ele the elevated element of the market was largely caused by NVIDIA's earnings, which were obviously robust and, you know, cause people to want to pay up for it, right? Um, but there was a lot of retracement in NVIDIA in these last two days. Now, it was still up 6% for the week, but it did pull back. And uh, we could take a look at NVIDIA. Let me just grab that while we're speaking about it here. One sec, I'll, I'll pull it over because I think it's worth looking at. So um, let's put a five minute chart here for just these last few days here. So this is the earnings announcement, which happened about 20 minutes after the close and shot the market or shot up. Um, you can see the, the premium that it had. And then even the next day in the pre-market was holding, but you can see that it was starting to slide a little bit, right? So that's a that's a good tell. And then we have this move right out of the open and sliding all the way down to finally close the gap by the end of the day. The gap being from the previous close, this opening gap closed back down to the previous close by the end of the day. And then the next day uh, dropped again, which was Friday. So. Um, there's a lot of a lot of money to be made with the excesses that go on 
and I mean, we can't really figure out who's all involved in paying these excesses, but obviously somebody's paying it or it wouldn't be up there like that. You have to have a buyer and a seller. So somebody's paying it, but these excesses provide a lot of opportunity. And yet they're the very thing that people are scared to do. And they're the most rewarding. And it's always been that way, you know. Um, so if we go look at back to our, our thing, same thing happened with when Powell was speaking at Jackson Hole. Um, initially it rallied the market, spiked it right up, and right out you know right away it uh, started to uh, s sell off again and went all the way down below the previous close of that day or the pre previous close of the day before and then rallied back finally to tag that intraday high again but it was like there was such a, a, a massive spike with very little volume that the opportunity to, to to fade that or to step in on the lower highs as it was coming back down uh, was was quite impactful there. So let's look at um, our chart again here for the spy or just the that one day. You'll see what I'm talking about here. So this was Friday. So you can see he started speaking at 10 a.m. And it, it popped up, pulled back, went higher, and then all the way down. Now there was nothing there was nothing new said, in my opinion. It was more a rehashment of the previous FOMC me meeting and QA period. Um, there was an attempt to be a bit more hawkish in the sense of the the narrative but it didn't really it didn't really stick because by the end of the day we were uh, we were back up to you know we went to tag that that spike that we had when he first first part of his speech so my point is that there are there are these types of events on the upside and the downside that are very what we call pivotal they're they're pivotal events and that volatility can give you tremendous opportunity and uh, so this happens on the daily as we saw with you know coming in with nvidia and the fact is the next day at, when after nvidia sliding look how poorly all the mega caps did i mean i guess everybody said well if if nvidia is going to give it up <laughs> we're going to give it up <laughs> too <laughs> ahead of that <laughs> who are we who are we to stand if nvidia is going to give it up so that's the kind of attitude that happened on Thursday, right after Wednesday's uh, Nvidia earnings, and uh, and there was tremendous uh, follow through, tremendous opportunity there. So um, these are the hard trades to do on the daily and intraday, but they can be very rewarding. So just keep that in mind. Okay, back to our slideshow here. So yeah, that's about all we got listed on here that were the major things for the week. Um, as far as the performance, oh, I've got, um, sorry about that. It's uh, got the ATRs and the price from the open and the change, but I don't have the, uh, here, let me grab it. 
pop it in there for a sec. I'll just uh, I'll use yours, Dave, that you gave me here. Mm, sure. This one. Just do things on the fly here, why not? Why not, eh? Okay, there we go. Like we said, it's um it's late. We've been busy, but we want to get this done here. So uh performance for the week. Uh we see the Qs 1.64. IWM minus 3.35, diamonds 0.47. And that and diamonds that really reflects sort of the uh, you know the the move to the the growth and large cap, mega cap stuff. And because you can see that uh, look at XLP for the week down. So all that defensive area. So the Dow usually gets hurt. And in and the thing is IWM is kind of finicky either way so sometimes when there's growth on the table and the mega caps are doing okay then uh, the russell does does well as well um but sometimes it just you know follows what the dow's doing it's kind of strange uh, but the spy 0.79 and discretionary xly 1.23 and communications xlc 0.49 so again as we looked earlier it's really about um, the risk on performance. And that's reflected in the map of the market as well. You can see the sectors for this is for the week, not just for the day. NVIDIA did manage to pull through at 6.28% up. A lot of that was the pre-rally before even the earnings, because as we showed you, it gave it all up for the earnings. Um, but it was rallying ahead of that. I think even in our neutral list, uh, didn't we have NVIDIA? For Wednesday uh, before yeah. the earnings, right? So and it was rallying for that Wednesday as well. So, um, you know, I, f I find it interesting. You know, like AMD uh, down on its luck for the week, down three percent, but um, the other chips, you know, hanging in there and doing pretty good. We can see banks were suffering a bit, and that that's on the back of some of these downgrades that we've had from Moody's and also from Fitch, and uh, there's a lot of concern for uh, banking and, and insurance as well. And especially with all the natural disasters going on, insurance companies are you know, being scrutinized a lot more. Tesla helping the discretionary sector, as we saw that was on top, came in you know, at 10.72% for the week. So it had a pretty, pretty outstanding week. Uh, we saw some problems in the consumer defensive, especially with, you know, the uh, Dollar Tree, Dollar General uh, target, you know, not not having a good week. That's for sure. Uh, earnings played into some of that as well. Um, but anyway, just um, always good to check that and, you know, worthwhile for even your own journals is to save a snapshot of the map of the market for the week uh, just to, you know, keep track of, of things like that or put it in a spreadsheet or whatever. SPY versus RSP. So um, the SPY, you know, the, the question I have was, are the FANGs or the Magnificent Seven still in charge? 
or has something changed since the algorithm was changed for the NASDAQ 100? So are we seeing anything different, right, in their, in their behavior and their performance? Are they still in charge? RSP is the equal weight for the S&P 500, which spreads the emphasis more over the mid caps and doesn't put all that weight just in the mega caps like you have in the SPY. So when we look at this, we go, you know, how is the market really behaving? You know, is it really a broad, a broad uh, based market rally, for example? So if the market was up for the week, you know, was it broad based? Or is it still the leadership of you know a, a handful of stocks? Well, this is a weekly chart, so that shows you for this week that we just had the spy beat out the RSP, correct? Yeah. Which means that the mega caps are still in charge, and you know we're not getting that that broad market. We did have in a few of the previous weeks, and I think we commented on it a few times when we saw that a lot of other categories and stocks were participating that, that hadn't been before. But August is a very light volume month. And these last two weeks, um, any volume has gone into, you know, the uh, the mega caps and, um, and, and the SPY versus, you know, the, the RSP. So you can see what's happened there. So very interesting chart to watch as well as the next one. And this is the IVW versus IVE. This is a ratio chart, S&P 500 value versus growth. And again, I put a weekly here so we can look at, you know, where have we come from? You know, we sold off in 2022, 2023, we've been rallying. So that's what, that's what growth over value looks like so far. And we pulled back a little bit right at the end of well, once we got in through July there and into August, and then we started to turn a little bit here off these uh, these last two weeks. So it looks like, uh, you know, they wanted to pick up some growth again. And, you know, maybe maybe that's what people like, you know, Kevin O'Leary are seeing uh, in, in the markets, commenting to about Michael Burry, about that his bet, uh, you know, in terms of short position on the uh, overall market is pretty risky. I don't know. I mean, it, you, it's hard to know what people's time frames are, right? It's hard to know exactly when they started, you know, what strike prices they have if they're doing options, you know, what's the duration. Um, so it's, unless we have all of the details, it's hard to know. But and what, what is long the other side too? We don't know that. Yeah. And it could be, you know, offset by something else, but, we are coming into September, which is historically, you know, one of the worst performing months of the year. So um, in terms, terms of seasonality, the timing might be okay. But what I'm looking at here is these two light volume weeks we've just had, which are the, the lightest of the year um, historically, um, it looks like, you know, growth was beating value, right? So if this chart moves up, that means growth is outperforming value. And if it moves down, growth is selling off compared to value. And that's what really happened in 2022, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, seasonality for ETFs. This is the last five days, which started on Friday, but we're putting emphasis on the next two to three days for sure. 
Dave, what do you see here on the seasonality? I should flip this back to a slideshow here. Hold on. Yeah. Well, in terms of the ETFs, we see a lot of the risk on high data stuff is being stronger than the, the more stable stuff. So even things like China, the K-Web, we've got uh, the RKK funds, biotech, XBI, and um, a little bit of gold. But then the things that are weaker are the basic materials, oil, XLB, the industrials, financials. So it's um, more of a high data play for the last five days and the last training day of the month as well. And some of the individual stocks that just confirm exactly what we saw there. Uh, again, yeah, the, here's this. Yeah. Again, like in, on, on China, there's like PDD. We've got Tesla long, Lulu, which also has earnings this week. Uh, Run, which is a solar stock. Gilead, which is in a biotech. And some of the softer things are Mosaic, um, uh, X for steel, Wells Fargo mm -hmm. for, for financials, NXPI for chips. So it's 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 really it's a higher beta play NASDAQ kind of stuff on the long side for the last uh, couple of days. And of that five, last five days, the first two of those, so that would be Friday and tomorrow, are even more robust than the final three. And then coming mm -hmm. into Friday, that's expected to be lighter as well. Right. Well, we we kind of tried to, you know, bounce back up and have have a bit of a positive performance for Friday, but it wasn't outstanding. So maybe it'll it'll kick in for Monday, Monday and Tuesday. We could be looking at that. Yeah. So check your uh, overnight your futures there on Sunday night. See what they're doing. Check pre market. See if you can get a glimpse of this higher beta risk on type play. Um, you know, uh, speaking of China, you mentioned PDD. There's been a lot of volatility in the stocks uh, recently, and you know there is a lot of debate concerning China. So there's stimulus and reopening, and and just to some degree, like could be pressure on oil, could be pressure on a lot of a lot of things. But um, one of the, the other things is it could also be a perfect storm um, with the real estate and all the other stuff that's going on. Uh, that China's got some serious problems, so um, I think you know the jury's the jury's out. Um, the debate is on, and China's stocks have been quite volatile. So just you know, you, you can always do this if you if you want when you're trading is just remove classification. Like if you don't want any exposure to China, then then just remove those stocks. You're doing using you there's one nuance to that. So if you if you look at PDD, it shows up now as an Ireland stock. So maybe they changed some. So oh, when I do screw it, oh, that's right. China, that one, yeah. Yeah, that's when you try to eliminate Chinese stock, that one still pops in there because it's labeled as Ireland. <laughs> right, 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 right. Clever way to right. get excluded. True, true. Yeah, good point. If they move their domicile. Um, so those. So ETFs and stocks, right? And so this is a to-do list for you guys out there in radio land. Go to Seasonality Almanac, look up the last trading day of the month for August and look at the ETFs and the stocks. So the last trading day of the month is on Thursday. And then the first trading day of the month for September is on Friday, but it's also the first Friday of the month for September. So look up both of those and see what you come up with in terms of ETFs and stocks. 
Um, and you know, the the goal here is is uh, as we mentioned before on this program, you want to find things that have a bullish tendency or a bearish tendency, and you want the ETFs as the context, and then find you know the best symbols within those ETFs so that there's a match there. So if it says that you know XLE is going to be positive then you want to find really good stocks that are members of the xle or in the energy complex right um, and that's the way to do it and then the one more more thing is you want to find things that are discounted if they're coming into a bullish window so if energy's been not performing very well or lagging the rest of the things and it's coming into a bullish season then pay attention to that because if you pick up some good stocks long according to seasonality you probably are going to do okay because you're already coming from a discounted perspective so that's the trick there economic calendar yeah so the themes for the week are housing data and employment so tuesday we have the case shiller home price index and job openings and wednesday we have adp employment report um, and pending home sales Thursday, again, some initial jobless claims data, personal income and spending, PCE. So that's going to be uh, more of inflation data. And Friday, a bigger one is um, U.S. non-farm payrolls and unemployment rate. So the, the thing is that uh, wages have been very sticky in terms of they're staying high. They're not coming down much. And um, that, that is a cause of inflation. So if these were to suddenly tick up in terms of uh, causing inflation, I mean, payroll suddenly really it's about inflation so that's the theme for employment and uh, that combined with Powell statements last week could either drive the market further down or um, it's going to give us some flavor as to inflation for the next uh, possible Fed hikes. Exactly that that's the takeaway from pretty much all these reports this week is is yeah. going to be you know because we didn't you know at Jackson Hole we didn't really hear anything different mm-hmm than what's already been out there. Um, and, and yet we still have this tension because the market would not have rallied on any of his good bullet points and then sold off on some of his hawkish bullet points mm-hmm. if we weren't concerned about inflation and more interest rate hikes. Like why wouldn't the market just stay doing what it's doing? I mean, stay flat. Why did the market even move at all? And not only that, if you look at the 10-year note, the yield, the 10-year yield hit a high when the market hit a low, mm-hmm. right? And then you get your reversal from that, and the yield came back down, and the market rallied. So there wouldn't be those moves if there was nobody listening and nobody cared, mm-hmm. right? Now, it could be algorithmic, meaning it picks up keywords and acts and acts like bananas, right? It could be. It could be. You know, just natural language processing and uh, the algos pick it up and go on a couple keywords. It can happen. Hallucination. Um, <laughs> yeah, chat GPT hallucinations too. But yeah, uh, so so this is a this is a week where we do have a lot of employment uh, information to digest, and it happens to hit just before September. And like I said, September is one of those interesting months. Um, you know, we don't really get 
the ball ro rolling even in the first week of Labor Day to the same extent as the second week of um, second full week of um, September. And then it happens pretty quick. You can have trends and you can have people put a little bit more weight into analysts uh, upgrades and downgrades. It just happens because you're coming back from the summer and it's like, well, does anybody have any information? Who's you know, who knows something? And so somebody says something and people put a lot more stock into it. But um, anyway, um, I think we we can make, call that a wrap. And uh, thank you again for your time, Dave. Yeah, last thing is there's a couple of earnings this week. Uh, oh, Dell. right. Yeah, we got a few earnings. Yeah, go ahead. The, not, the noteworthy ones are Dell on uh, Thursday. Which we got Tuesday we have Salesforce, and then Wednesday, th Thursday is Dell and Lululemon. So computers, yoga pants, and CRMs. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. All right. All right. Thanks. Well, thank you for your time and uh, have a good one. Good luck. Bye.